This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. It's not easy going it alone, but if you keep going, stay true to yourself. It will be worth it in the end. The hardest walk you can make is the walk you make alone, but that is the walk that makes you the strongest. That is the walk that builds your character the most. To all of you fighting battles alone, to all of you going against the grain, battling the naysayers, stay strong, keep going. Stay strong, keep going. Valeria Telles interviews Patricia Love, the author of Seen and Unheard, A Little Girl's Journey from Silence to Empowerment. Patricia Love is a women's empowerment coach and practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, and emotional freedom technique, EFT. By combining these practices along with her own personal experience in overcoming real-life challenges and trauma, She's spent the last two decades inspiring and empowering women and girls of all ages to be brave with their story and use their voice for good. While Patricia grew up feeling silenced and misunderstood, she was able to use those experiences as fuel to light her inner fire and make a positive difference in the world around her. She's an advocate for women's voices through her Healing Hoodies mission. Meet Patricia at patricialove.com. Here is the interview with Patricia Love. In your own words, who is Patricia Love? Patricia Love, who am I? I am a woman of maturity that continues on this journey, and I hope to continue this journey till my last breath. That, that's who I am right now. When you say journey, are you referring to this, um, what we call life? <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm, you know, yes, life. I, I just look at life and every single day as a journey, as a path, as an adventure. And I look forward to like every single moment these days uh, because I find that the days are precious. And so for me, it's just a, a journey of adventure every single day because, uh, I think it's important and I and I love I love getting up in the day and I love just like I love being here. <laughs> yes, I love that idea. Yeah, this concept of seeing life in such a way. Some people call it wisdom. I see truth in that. Being mentally healthy. What is the meaning of that to you, Patricia? What is to be mentally healthy? For me, it's having mind health, you might say. Uh, mind health and keeping my mind fit. Uh, it's important to me, especially as I've matured and grown uh, older and, and understood more of this, that 
I wanted to blend not only my mind fitness, but my body fitness together because it really works together. So for me, it's being healthy of mind. It's being clear of mind. It's being focused of mind. It's uh, treating my mind uh, as a very special uh, muscle, uh, a special organ that I can make sure that it's, it's, it's at its capacity. Uh, because to me, growing and learning constantly really helps my mind stay fit. Can you elaborate a little bit more about this? Um, some examples it might help this clarity of mind, having a healthy mind. What does it look like? What it looks like to me, and it sometimes looks different to everybody, but for me, it's being able to focus and not be cluttered. Uh, a lot of times our mind is cluttered, and I believe that's from being overwhelmed with everything that's going on in life and being kind of on that hamster wheel that of social media and, and just everyday life. And so it just gets muddled. And when your mind is muddled, it's hard to be clear and to focus on what you what you want, what your family wants, and just, you know, who you really are. Because I think so many people go through life not really knowing who they are or uh, because they can't get off the, hop the hamster wheel because they don't really how to do that. And so that to me is mind fitness, is, is getting off that hamster wheel and, and, and being able to be present and focus. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the idea of inner peace and having this clarity, which has a lot to do with being calm, relaxed and being able to see the choices we have with clarity because it's really tough to see choices, it, right? It, exact, exactly. You know, when you're not clear, it's hard to see anything. Right. <laughs> it's like, anything. It's, like, it's, like you're, you're, it's like you're in a fog and you're kind yes. of going through life in a, in a foggy day if you want to, you know, have that represent that. It's just like, whereas on, like on a sunny day, sometimes you, you feel clearer, you feel better because of the sunshine and the stuff. Well, I want that to be every single day. And for me, um, and I think for other people too, and a lot of, a lot of uh, women that I coach, um, they want to have that clarity and because it does, as you said earlier, it does bring it down to inner peace when you are clear and you kind of have peace, um, or know what you want and you're present you start to feel more peaceful, which is, I think, what we all truly, truly want. And one of the measurements I have found when we are there, let's say, if there is a destination for inner peace, is when we are actually have no regrets, we could actually lose the body at any moment, die at any moment, and that's okay. That would be okay, right? Yes. It, you know, and that's what... I look at each day as the first day of the rest of my life because I really don't know if I will have tomorrow. Tomorrow is is a, lux a luxury in so in, in so many ways. I don't know if it's gonna uh, it'll be here, and so I want to live it today and as much as possible. I mean, I'm in I'm human. I make mistakes. I keep learning. I keep growing. But my goal is to really be as present as possible so that I can flow and and take in today's beauty and 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 not uh, not worry about tomorrow so much because those are expectations that may not even happen I don't even know so sometimes our worries we kind of make our worries part of our life which are just expectations a lot of times and we create our own stress a lot of times so inner peace is I think what I know I look for 
Uh, and that's abundance to me in so many ways. Yes, you do talk about this um, in your book. Let me see here. You have, you call it, you changed the name, Quietation, I think you call it. I'm not sure if you yes. pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. being quiet. Um, yes, yeah. yes. I, I, I had to change that because <laughs> I found when... Um, I would speak to people about meditation, yeah. that their eyes would go big <laughs> and like, oh my God, do I need to become a monk? I don't know how to okay. meditate, I can't meditate. Yeah. And in reality, all the meditation is, is quietation, is being quiet. Yes. And so when yeah. I was able to kind of use that words with people, it, they start to understand like, oh, I just need to be quiet within myself and, and, and not worry about, you know, seeing and get getting clarity immediately because it doesn't happen. It takes time. And then pretty soon I found that more people wanted to be quiet for longer periods of time. So I called it quietation. Yeah, it's uh, going back to simplicity, isn't it? And you talk about the power of words and true. So by simplifying, then yeah, we can kind of deliver the message in a more direct and clear way. So I see that you're trying to do that. That's beautiful, Patricia. Yes, I think words are important for not only to what we say to others, but what we say to ourselves. And it's not necessarily for affirmation purposes. I mean, obviously, we use them. Um, affirmations are good words, but you also want to feel those words, too, because when it's like gratitude, um, people are grateful. But uh, I sense that it's almost become a word that's a normal word, like, oh, I'm grateful, when in reality, are you really grateful? I mean, you want to get deep and feel that gratefulness is when you feel that that's when your energy starts to flow better and open up because you truly are feeling the gratefulness and not just acting out the word. So another one uh, word that comes to mind is love. That's another yeah. one that's <laughs> misused, misinterpreted. So what is your understanding of the word love, Patricia? Well, you'd think with my, my last name that yes. I'd have really good, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> word or understanding of this word. But I had to learn the understanding of it. And love to me is an emotion, obviously. And it's one of the deepest emotions that you can feel. It can be a love for a person or a love for a flower or a love for an animal that's basically unconditional. And I think I... I would use that word unconditional with love because love to me, if you truly love and care about something or somebody, then it's unconditional. That's how I usually use the word love. Yeah. Unconditional first coming first. And that a lot of times I not too often, but I have asked the question about if it is possible to love unconditionally from a conditioned mind, conditioned state of being, which we are now. That is true. That is true. I mean, and I think you also you, you you tend to learn to do this if you yeah. are if you're open to love and open to conditional or unconditional and understanding with the differences of it. I find that a lot of people just go into love just thinking love is love. Talk to me for a moment about the damage and the, the danger, really, of thinking in such a way that life is perfect or we are supposed to be perfect somehow. Yes, it's it's a dangerous word. Uh, it's a word that I think people should remove, to be honest, from the vocabulary, because there is no perfection. No matter what you do, how hard you try, there is no perfection. And too many people these days want to appear 
that they're perfect, but then then they're wearing a mask, then they're covering something up, then they're not being them themselves. But people are always because but because that word is used so much, and and people think that perfection is everything, that people actually clamor to things that appear to be perfect. And when in reality, they're not perfect at all, but people get caught up in it. And then it's like being on put on a pedestal. And when you fall from that pedestal or even slip, that perfection, it, there is, well, again, there's no perfection because you are just imperfect because that's, that's what we are. And that's what life is, is imperfect. Yeah, but at the same time, so beautiful and and perfect at the same time. It kind of makes me think about nature. Every time I think about this idea of perfectionism or even perfect, I think about nature. Look at how wonderful it is. Um, so imperfect in many ways, but so perfect at the same time. Well, exactly. It's in, it, yeah, it's imperfectly perfect. I mean, and that's what makes everything so beautiful. If you can, if you can relate to it in that way, because nature or or animals or people, it, the the and actually, I always like to look at the imperfections or the scars as as perfect. And and if you want to use that word, because that's what beauty of people are, and pe and the beauty of life is is all the imperfections. If everything was completely perfect and nothing was different. Well, then it would be boring and, and there'd be nothing to, you know, to there wouldn't be any goals. Everybody would be perfect. Everybody be, you know, I would be you'd become a Stepford wife <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. in true. a Stepford world. <laughs> so true. And that's um, interesting that you mentioned the word uh, different. So and maybe that's what it is. Most of us have these ideas of what life should be. And then that's perception, um, personal perceptions. And then we hold down to them and it, anything that's different, we tend to reject them. That is so true. You know, you say the word perception and one of my favorite quotes is by Wayne Dyer. And it says, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that's just a perception of how you look at things. You could look at a flower from the top to down and see its petals and, and the beauty of the inside of it. But yet you forget to look at the bot, maybe lay on the ground and look at the flower from the dirt up and see how it grows and see so and just learning and understanding it in a different way rather than just seeing the petals see how it grows from underneath so it's a uh it's a very interesting quote which i really kind of live by in this day is when things get hard or things get tough out there uh i like to see okay how can i change my perception how can i look at things differently how can i how can i shift how can i pivot what is healing to you and what are some of the misconceptions about healing? Healing to me is being is being whole in a way that feels good to me. And I say that because everybody's feeling of of healing can be a slightly different. I the way I grew up and the the lot of trauma that I had, there can be physical healing and there can be mental healing. And to me, it is a wholeness, but yet not so perfect that I don't continue to heal because I believe that we need to always continue to heal because there's always things and learn that that I need to learn every single day and uh, and being comfortable with. And healing is one of those. And, and I so I want to also say I like giving myself grace and realizing that maybe I'm not completely healed. 
because that would be too perfect. Because uh, if you've had a lifetime of, of, of trauma or behaviors and you think you can be healed in a minute, it's, it's very difficult. So healing is a continual, uh, continual moving towards wholeness. That, I love that word, Sue, wholeness, which means no separation, which implies in a way that um, we already healed. There's nothing to be healed, really. And that is true. Yes, yes. And it's really more of a, we are healed. We are good enough. We are perfect as we are. There are things that we may want to, uh, and that's why words are so important. Um, it may be just healing within myself so that, or other people, so that they feel at inner peace. And I think that's what's important regarding around the word healing, because healing is just inner peace where you actually feel good about who you are and not triggered by things that uh, create a, uh, an, for better words, an ickiness in you. Uh, and uh, so it, it's a it's a very broad word and it can mean many things to many different people. Uh, and uh, and I think every individual needs to look at what their healing is about and how they feel when they are or if they are need healing. I think we all need some healing in some sorts, because, again, it's not a perfect world, perfect world, but it's maybe more mental than physical. It's, it's always difficult to see. Yes, true, especially when it comes to perception. Yeah, there's a lot to be healed there. <laughs> yeah, perception is the main key here because everybody, again, we're all different, right? Every one of us is different and that's also beautiful. And embracing those differences is, is great. But And so just understanding that everybody might have a different perception and that perception is not necessarily wrong. It's just, it's just not maybe what you think, but it certainly may be what they think. And so that's, again, what's the beauty of all of our differences and in, in being inclusive and in, in, in appreciating the differences that we have and embracing them. Yes, Patricia. Yes, a thousand times. Yes. <laughs> and my last question to you, the warm up question is about the purpose of the human experience. What do you think that is? The purpose of the human experience. Yeah. Being present. Mm. I think it's very simple. It's the human experience is being present yeah. so you can see and feel as much as you can in the moment because there's so many things that we miss. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, that's, I'm just going to keep it simple and leave it at that. It's, it's being present. Yeah, it resonates true. So true. Yes. Well, it's things that I've had to learn also. This is this didn't heal and come easily to myself, but it's something that I've learned and I keep practicing and continue to move forward with every single day. Because again, we're not perfect. And uh, yeah. so I'm constantly learning. And um, every day I get a little wiser <laughs> or every minute. Yeah, thank you for the reminder because that's what it, it is really. We need to be reminded. A lot of us might even know these things, but it's interesting how we tend to forget them so easily it's so easy to forget things yeah. uh and i actually encourage all kinds of, of clients of mine and, and people in general and friends to actually put things on notes that maybe you've accomplished that you're grateful for and put them in a jar because sometimes when you forget you can pull out that that uh accomplishment or that what you were grateful for and go oh my god that's so right because we we forget of all the wonderful things that we have learned so you wrote the book, Seen and Unheard, A Little Girl's Journey from Silence to Empowerment. Two initial questions. How did you become a writer and what was the main inspiration and intention of writing your book? 
I've actually been writing, doing poems, doing kind of lyrics and keeping them to myself all my life. And it's funny, I've pulled some out uh, that I've actually put away and, and like, oh, my gosh, look at me. I did do that. I did do this. But this particular book was something that was inside of me for quite a while. And it was I felt I needed to write it for continued growth, for continued vulnerability to uh, help uh, other women that maybe have had some similar stories like mine or can reflect on my stories that that makes them think about their own lives. And that was my intention is to uh, create really also a platform to motivate uh, women and girls to uh, realize that their voice needs to be heard because they matter and and they never should be marginalized or dismissed uh, or overlooked. Do you feel that women need this message more than men or we we both need to be reminded? Well, we both need it, I think, in different ways. Right. Uh, women need it because it's the way in most cases we've been brought up to to have a lesser voice. And so in general, uh, I think men in, need to be educated on that because they were brought up the way they understand. And so they they do things what they what they learned. We we live or we learn what we live. And so, you know, if you're brought up with encouragement, inspiration and, and equality, then life is a little bit easier. But a lot of us are not. And so I think it's good for both men and women, but uh, men, uh, women, especially because their voice needs to get stronger. That needs to. And it's really a lot about it's an inner voice. And when I say a voice needed of strength, it's more of an inner voice of strength, building your confidence, feeling good about yourself, feeling that you are capable of doing anything and equal to any other person out there, that you are smart enough and good enough and worth everything. Sounds like the definition of empowerment. Exactly. There you go. And empowering themselves, you know, not yeah. not needing anybody else to empower them, but empowering themselves, which is is which is the beginning of the healing uh, process within, if that's just what you're want to do. The question that comes to mind is at this time, do you feel that this uh, the man's world idea is changing? Are we evolving somehow? Oh, not yet. You know, not interesting. enough. <laughs> <laughs> not enough. I was hoping uh because of of my age, that 50 years ago, that there the starting the starting of the burning of the bra, you might say, and the and the and the equality for women would that we would be a lot further than we are. Uh, but at growing up in a man's world and working in real estate and in retail in men's world, I found that it it wasn't um, equal, and there is we have to work so hard to um, stand out and be accounted for that uh, we have a long way to go and men would play a big part in this if they would see that and say, hey, look at I you are my equal partner and I want to make sure that you are equal too. So it's also would be helpful for men to, to support us in this growth that we need to where we need to be because we all are equal, every gender. Yeah, that's a beautiful vision, Patricia. That would be an amazing thing because you're right, that's not happening at this time. We still see, and it might be also because that power idea. So they have they have a lot of power in that sense where is, um, it might be challenging for them to give up that. It is challenging in them. And that's what's why it's so difficult because the ego is playing a big part in that. And But if they can be taught, if they're taught as young, young men 
to respect and show that the equality and, and, and it comes through all of society and social media and it starts to play in a big way, you will see you will begin to see the change in men where they are reaching out and said, no, no, here's my counterpart needs to get this because she did this, this and this. We, we need their support because if we can get their support and it'll start small, but, you know, we have to start in baby steps sometimes because baby steps will get you there also. Just uh, as long as we're moving forward, that's the main key. I do see that some women have this idea, too, that men are supposed to make more money or are supposed to do this or that. You know, this idea that we are not equal. I see women around me, actually, still with these ideas. What are your suggestions or how are you getting this message out there for those women who are still stuck in a way with those old ways of thinking? Well, first off, it does start at home. Uh, it starts at home and, and, and the father uh, also showing equality to the mother because again it's actions we look at our parents and we follow them in their footsteps whether whether we like it or not we watch them but they are you know and the action they take if they're nice or they or they uh, encourage the their their daughters for instance they need to encourage their daughters to be a scientist just as much as a nurse uh, they need to encourage their sons to be a nurse just as much as a scientist so it it it, it starts at home but also it also comes into play in our schools where uh, it, if the, the bullying and the different things and, and puts you, you're not good enough or you're just a, you're just a girl. You can't do that. So it, it, it turns with our words. It, you know, it starts with the words we use. It starts with how we perceive ourselves. So it really does start in the home and uh, and also within. So there's some men and women that can change now. Uh, but it's a long, hard work uh, road because of all of the uh, behaviors that have been placed in you uh, from from when you were a young kid. Uh, you seeing the, you're seeing it. You know, they started to try to do the give the doll to the boy, and they do yeah. that. But <laughs> yeah. you know, but they they still need to show that women are equal, and that really starts at home, encouraging your child to go to college, to go to school, to be yeah. this, and you know. Uh, and being a mother is fabulous, but also being a scientist, too, and but also encouraging the father to be a father along with, you know, a, a, a nurse or a scientist. So it really it needs to be inclusive on both sides. So it's a hard road. Um, and today we can just reach out and have platforms to promote it um, and show it because there's so many unfortunately, non-equality out there in many different areas that we need to uh, really work on. It's, it's going to be a, a lifetime. That's it sounds to me. I talked to a lot of women about it, and some of them have been doing the work for so many years now. And they sometimes they cry. They don't want to leave the body and die before seeing a major change in this reality. Well, and it's hard. And the only thing they can do is start something within, you know, like if they're in their 40s or 50s and maybe having a, a, a different purpose. Maybe they the kids are grown or and take maybe a, a small part of them and try to show a purpose of something that they have always loved to do. Just doing those things. I find that women have regrets because they said, I did this because I needed to stay home and take care of the kids because my husband or my spouse or my significant other didn't want to or whatever. When in reality, they need now then to step up and say, okay, but now I have a purpose and I need to show other women, this is what you need to do. Don't be like me, do this 
and and change the perspective in in women of this age of 40s, 50s, and 60s and up. It takes courage, isn't it? It takes a lot of courage. I I've had to do this myself. I didn't change my life till I was like 56 years old. Yeah, in my case, it was a little younger, but I still, it takes so many years. That was 37 when the journey began, the change. Yes, yes, but it's still a good journey no matter what age. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, Patricia. Well, I love what you said in the book. You have this, uh, I think it was the title of, um, of a section of a passage, being scared of our own power. How can we transcend then? How can we become more comfortable with our own Not power, but empowerment. (laughs) I like the word empowerment better than power in a way. Right, right. You know, um, it's it's really building the confidence within yourself. Uh, When you, because that's what begins to empower you. When you start to have control over your own life, when you feel comfortable with that's empowerment. Um, and that's what I meant by ha- being powerful or um, being empowered, because I needed to take control of my life and not allow everything else to control me. Uh, and and, and then once you can take those baby steps, and when I say build confidence, when you build confidence, even a little bit at a time, it tends to create more in powerful feelings it's like it's like when you do something you reach a goal and you celebrate yourself and go oh my gosh i did it that builds confidence in you which feels which builds empowerment when you and when you feel empowered you feel like you can do anything and we can create those dreams you can get to those goals that you've always wanted to do so you know it's it's empowerment with the you know power and empowerment you're kind of a you know kind of go together we have been educated in the way women, especially about the word power, meaning force, manipulation, that yes. we try not to use it. <laughs> well, but, I agree with that. I actually, <laughs> I, you know, just real quickly, I that's totally not what I mean, because <laughs> a lot of women always say, I don't want to be that B, you know, and there's nothing about that. It's about empowering yourself from within and being that power of so that your voice can be heard in a way that you're comfortable in. But it's there's so many women that hold on to their voice and they don't say things or do things, and then they lost their identity. And this is what we don't want. And we want you to be, define your own identity and be, and be empowered to feel good about your life. So when you're on that dying bed, you can say, I did the best I could do, I could do and I'm proud of myself. And not be that I wish I should have, would have, could have. Like I said before, that's a huge reference to me when you can say that. I don't regret anything. Yeah, I did what I could, right? Everything that I could. Exactly. I love that that's idea. What, every day we could just say, hey, I did the best I could today. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that's an inner peace. That's yes. a beautiful inner peace. True, Patricia. Yeah. And like you keep saying that, too, it's a reminder, a small change. It doesn't have to be anything big, but we can do that every single moment, even choosing better because we do have a choice to choose something else. Yeah. But then we have to go deeper in a sense of knowing ourselves first. We have to know ourselves and that takes awareness and takes quietation and basically choosing. And I think a lot of women don't understand Mm. that they do have choices because you can choose to do this or choose to do that, whether it's negative or positive. Because some people say, well, I don't have a choice. You always have a choice. It's whether you choose to to choose that particular choice. But we always have a choice. And it's like to stay or to leave for women that are abused. Uh, It's a choice to stay. 
it's a choice to leave. It just remind me of a conversation I had with somebody about um, abuse. Women who have been women and children been abused and then she called them victims. And I think I mentioned saying that I don't really like that word. I like the idea of being empowered enough to say, take responsibility. I'm not a victim, but I had a choice. And then there was like a big mess in a way, the conversation, because she disagreed with me in the sense that, no, you are a victim. We have to recognize that, that we, we, or we have been victims. So that's, I think we're just using words, but it might be also that some of us are in different stages of different states. We're totally, exactly. We're all in different states of, 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 of our life as far as where we're learning, how we're changing. And you're right. I mean, some people would have called me a victim or I thought maybe I was a victim back in the day, but it was a choice to do that. And then it was a choice also to recognize and take responsibility that I can choose to think differently. Yes. Instead of that, I can choose to be a thriver and not just a survivor. Yes. Yeah. That's another word that I don't quite like. Yes. Survivor and victim, both of them. Right. But empowered, that sounds wonderful. And Exactly. I love your work because it seems like you focus on that. And also, you're not afraid of using the word power, which is no. great. <laughs> I, I'm no. still hesitant when it comes to that. Yeah, I'm not afraid of it because it's something that's uh, it's been pushed down on us for a lot of women that, you know, again, like you mentioned earlier, that, you know, that we, you know, power was is too much for a lot of women. Like it's, that's too big for them. And they think that they have to be this big, big voice. And it, no, power is can be subtle power um, in inner power that that's beauty. That's more about you being control of your life. I can we think about the word freedom when it comes to that, because that's what yes. it sounds like. I'm free. Yeah, it is. It's freedom to be who you want, um, how you want. And if it's a loud voice, that's great. If that's what you choose or it can be a soft voice, it can be anything you want. That's what power is. It's what you want. And, you know, and not what somebody else tells you it is. And right now, everybody else has told us what power is. And so now we've had to use the word empowerment. Um, but it re- in reality, again, we go back to words that it's how we perceive them and how we use them that defines us. So it is defining, redefining those words really for ourselves. I love that. Freedom, um, power. So we can just kind of play with it in a way. <laughs> yeah. And it's continual. It's continual. You know, and I, I like to people always ask me, well, how did you get where you are? I said, well, I'm not really where I'm at, want to be yet. <laughs> you know, it's continual. It's a. Uh, I'm empowering myself every single day. I'm learning every single day. I'm growing every single day. Um, in fact, if I don't, then I'm. I think I might as well. I probably am dying, you know, or dead, because I want to. I want to live and grow every single day. Because um, knowledge, I found, is is really important. Uh, knowledge is power, and the more I learn, uh, the better I feel within. So we're almost at the end, and. I'll be um, asking you my final questions, but I wanted to read something that you wrote, you have in your book, caught my attention. You say change is a process, often a messy one, but it is also a beautiful thing if you allow it to be. We are so afraid of change, too. That's okay to be messy. That's funny that we sometimes run, resist to messiness. <laughs> yeah. That's part of change, isn't it? To it's be part messy. of change. And change is the only thing that is constant. And once we realize that, 
that change is constant every single day. It's in our lives, no matter how you believe it or not. There's some kind of change that that makes you feel uncomfortable. But once you can learn and understand and look at the word in a different way, that change is beautiful and embrace the change and make change your friend, then the resistance is a lot easier. It's easier to move forward because we only hurt ourselves when we take that word change and we like get stubborn and we're stuck. We're like, no, no, no. In reality, if we allow ourselves to let go and say, okay, what does that change look like? What does that look like? You know, is it messy? Maybe it'll be a messy for a bit, but could it be better? Yes, it might be even better. And if it's not, then I can go back, you know, maybe to something a little bit different because you anytime you even go back to something, it'll be different, which will be change. So no matter what, but every single day is a minute, there's something changing. Mm-hmm. So true. It sounds fun to me, this whole process. It, well, it? I, I find when, when, here's the thing, when you perceive it to be fun, it will be. And that's why you have to embrace it as your friend. It's like when you embrace change or when you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's beautiful because then you're, you don't have any expectations. You're not You're not worried about things. And really, life really goes well when it flows well, when we have that feeling of peace um, and and, and everything. And and change can be beautiful. Again, like I said in the book, uh, but it can be messy if you let it. But, you know, sometimes it gets a little messy and then it opens up to be a beautiful thing. So just look beyond that, you know, and uh, and look ahead of what what beautiful opportunities could be. So we're almost at the end. Uh, let me ask you, would you like to add anything, Patricia, or read a passage in your book before I ask you my final questions? Yeah, I would love to read a passage in my book. It's actually about, uh, it's actually, uh, about words matter and because I believe in that. Um, so I'll just read it real quickly here. My, my internal compass as to what was right had been muffled by so many opinions. I couldn't seem to figure out what it was that I believed. I took the information I was given from words and subsequent actions and formed stories to support my biases. Looking back, I endured quite a bit of mental and emotional chaos, what I now know to be a form of abuse. But growing up, it was simply all I knew. Often we, when we hear the word abuse, we think of broken bones and bruises, but mental abuse can be just as, if not more, detrimental long-term. The incessant negative chatter leaves holes in the soul and becomes what I call a silent killer of the mind. Thank you so much for your courage, for the compassionate work, generous and compassionate. I love the way you express the, your truth, Patricia. Thank you very much. And this sincere desire to help others is really beautiful. Yes, it's important to me. It's something that's uh, my third purpose, I guess, in life uh, or yeah. career, you might say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my final question is to you. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful? to you success for me is feeling peaceful within that's simple again i keep it simple success is not abundance monetarily not abundance i think it's when you feel an inner peace which usually means that everything else is under control that is successful so when i have the inner peace that means success to me so every night when before i go to bed i'm like do i feel peaceful Did I do everything? Do I have everything I need? Am I grateful? And I can say yes, then I'm in inter- I'm at peace. And that to me is a successful day. And what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? That I wasn't perfect. 
<laughs> oh God, every every single one of us might relate or, to that one. To, I guess maybe rephrase that to admit to admit that I was not perfect, to admit my negatives, to admit that I had some bad behaviors, to to admit to myself that I was messed up. Uh, that was hard. Uh, but once I did, and I, 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 talk, I felt and talked about it, even wrote it out, then like the bricks started coming off the shoulders because I said, you know what, but that's my mess. And now I'm going to make that mess my message. <laughs> I'll make my mess my message. That's yes. beautiful. Thank you. That would be a wonderful title for a book. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, your next one. Let me know. Keep me updated. I love that, Patricia. Gosh, I never heard that one before. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leave in the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Today, no. I would do, you know, I'm thankful for all the messes that I did have. Because I don't believe I'd be where I am today if, without them. Um, and I'm such in a place that of peace uh, that I, I could die tomorrow. And I thought about this. I've thought about this. Uh, if Have I done and did everything you know that I can? I've done the best I can today. And I tried to serve others well and... You know, I guess if there's only one thing I could, if I could just get that one other person to, to be at peace, that would make me feel bit, even better. So even after death, if that were to happen, that'd be great. But if I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm good if I were to die today. Yes. I did everything I could. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? That I got the, I got the most beautiful cat in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I can imagine. That makes me Love smile. Yeah. And I say that because she makes me smile. Mm, yeah. Uh, that, um, that I have my eyes to observe um, the world that uh, every day I get to see the beauty in it. And I think the other word I want to use is, is, is listening and, and, and listening to others and, and hearing them because they need to be heard. Thank you so much again, Patricia, for your message, for your wisdom, your presence, the work you do and everything between and can be felt. Thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to, to women. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services and future projects? Actually, the easiest and best place is to go to patricialove.com. That's where you can find my coaching services and along with my book. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Take care. You too, Patricia. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Patricia Love and her work, please visit patricialove.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.